We need a new format. We should shut down and retool. Good morning. Uh, good evening. Welcome to, uh, I want to say, episode 75 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. You ben, are you... should say episode 76, though. I think. I. Okay. I will say episode 76. Yeah. Episode 76 of Effectively Wild, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's Monday. Uh, November fifth, uh, and we are going to be kind of embarking on a on a slightly different format now with the off season. That's correct. Yes, after much discussion, we have arrived. We have, <laughs> we have arrived. We have decided that we will continue to do this podcast uh, daily, um, rather than cutting back to uh, three or so episodes a week to accommodate the slightly different baseball schedule. Um, we will continue doing it daily but um rather than having two topics a day uh we are going to generally have only one topic a day um i believe wednesdays we are likely to have uh an all email episode uh so get your questions in and podcast uh, at baseballperspectus.com which i've forgotten to remind people about the last couple episodes but that is where you can email us and on fridays we will be back with our supersized two topic episodes so we'll see how that goes we might change uh as early as tomorrow uh (laughs) you will be advised uh if that's the case so today uh i want to talk ben about uh top 50 free agent lists um they are all the rage these days yes um rj anderson did one for us um and keith law did one for espn and mlb trade rumors did one for mlb trade rumors um and uh, so the, um, the, what I want to bring up is the, uh, the, the sort of outliers, the players who, uh, did not form consensus. Uh, I think that generally these lists, um, resemble each other in a lot of ways, but there are exceptions. There are players who, uh, one of us liked much more, I should say one of these list makers liked a lot more mm-hmm. or that one of these list makers liked a lot less. And I just wanted to talk briefly about some of these players and see uh, why we think that there's a broad disagreement and what we personally feel about these players. Right. Playoff odds. How do you Sounds feel fun. about that? I like that. Topic. All right. Great. So um, uh, Keith Law had uh, Mariano Rivera 12th overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ had him 31st and MLB trade rumors had him 39th. Um, that's, I believe, the biggest gap of any player, mm-hmm. uh, 39th to 12th. Um, and I personally, I mean, I can certainly see the reason for skepticism um, about Mariano Rivera because he's a thousand years old and missed a season. Um, and even if he were healthy, he would still be a reliever who's going to pitch 55 to 65 innings. Right. Uh, best case. Um, but on the other hand, uh, he has uh, basically never thrown a bad inning, um, you know, up to his his injury. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, I, I sort of um, I think I would tend to agree with Keith that um, he is still probably on an inning by inning basis. The pitcher that um, the relief pitcher on the market that I would most want. Hmm. Uh, how do you feel about Mariano Rivera? Uh, I would probably be closer to the, the RJ MLB trade rumors, I guess. I mean, I guess if you would rank any reliever 12th, um, I, I mean, maybe some people wouldn't do that. I don't know that I would, uh, especially yeah. when yeah. it's Rivera and 
at his age, I mean, he used to be a guy who would throw 75, 80 innings. Now he's more of a 60 and, and usually goes on the DL at some point for a while. Um, so I don't know, even though you're right, he has been the most dependable and the best reliever possibly ever on an inning by inning basis. Uh, I don't think I could go that high, especially, I mean, there will come a point at which what he does doesn't work anymore. Um, I don't know what that point is. He doesn't throw quite as hard as he used to throw, but he throws certainly hard enough when he's just perfectly hitting corners constantly uh, and has that same movement on his one cutter over and over. So... Uh, I don't know. I guess, I mean, he's going to be, this is going to be his age 43 season and coming off a major injury. And uh, I don't think I could put him that high. I, I didn't look to see which players Keith put um, higher or lower, really. I mean, I skimmed his list at some point. Um, well, I can tell you that uh, he has him as the highest reliever. He, mm-hmm. I think he generally uh, does have his relievers a bit higher uh, in general yeah. than the other two lists. But he has Rivera tops. He has him ahead of Soriano, Rafael Soriano, who's 14th, whereas uh, the other two rankings had Soriano higher. And um, MLB Trade Rumors had Soriano 17th, so that's not a huge discrepancy. We had Soriano 20th. Uh, so, again, uh, it's pretty clear that the consensus here is that Soriano is is is, is considerably better than Rivera. Yeah. And I, I think that I would go – I mean, I, I think that um, – I mean, I'd be more likely to give Soriano a four-year deal, but I would never probably give Soriano a four-year deal either i think that if we're just talking about um uh you know what uh, i don't know what each pitcher is likely to do during the life of his contract i think i'd rather have rivera for uh, for one year or just yeah i mean yeah i mean i Sorry, i guess I it's, it's always hard to it's hard to totally um uh, divorce the uh yourself from from the kind of expectations of of what the contract is going to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so with somebody like Soriano, when you hear that he's asking for, for four years and 60 million and, and that sort of idea gets planted in your head, then it, it does kind of poison you a little bit and you start thinking, Ooh, well, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think Rivera is, a, uh, I, I think Rivera is probably still a better pitcher than Soriano. I mean, he, he certainly was up to the injury uh, without really any, any, I, I think without yeah. any doubt about that. Yes, that's true. Uh, and Soriano has, I mean, as relievers go, he is among the most consistent, I think. I mean, there's kind of a sense that he's had injury problems, um, and so you can't necessarily count on him to pitch a full inning, which obviously, or a full year, which is obviously the case for Rivera at this point in his career as well. Um, but Soriano, except for his injury-plagued first season with the Yankees uh, has really been good just about every full season of his career. Um, he hasn't really had a one of those weird reliever years where you just have a bad year because you have a high BABIP or something. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a tough time taking a 43-year-old, even if it is the best reliever ever, over a 33-year-old or so. Um coming off this long of an absence i don't know uh yeah i'm not i wasn't that wild by soriano this year and i think that there's um i think that the goodness in in his stats this year is a is a little bit shallow i I think that there's um uh, there was a sort of uh, less dominant 
nature to his success this year than there had been uh, through 2010. So I, I think that Soriano is probably uh, pretty clearly on the decline. Yeah, as well. so, I mean, he used to strike a 10, 11, 12 guys per nine innings, something like that. And this year he struck out a batter per inning. So um, I don't know whether that was an AL East thing or not. But yes, he was not clearly, uh, he was not quite as dominant as he has been in prior seasons. Um, so Francisco Liriano, um, in this case, uh, we are the outlier. Who knows where uh, to put him? Yeah, uh, one of the guys had him at 28, one had him at 35, and um, and RJ had him 50th uh, last on the list. Mm-hmm. And that one, uh, Liriano feels like the kind of guy who um, his contract, uh, I don't know, it, it seems like the sort of thing where, like, let's say he signs for, like, I'm just going to throw out a random number, like two years and $8 million or something. Everybody's going to be like, amazing deal. What a great deal, best deal. And if he signs for two years and like $8.05 million, everybody's going to be like, worst deal ever. Uh, it's going to be like really one of those things where there will be like kind of a snap decision made about whether it's yeah. too much or not. And we'll all then focus on either the upside or the downside of it. But yeah, I mean, Liriano was uh, – really just so bad i mean Liriano we talked is... about we talked about him at the trade deadline and didn't really know what to make of him then we were talking about whether you could trust him or what you'd give up for him uh and i well, think we disagreed to some extent but um and he was terrible after the yes, trade deadline yes he was somebody gave up something for him and he was garbage yeah um but then on the other hand how i mean he does strike out a batter per inning mm-hmm. he has done that uh he did that last year despite being horrible um I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's probably a um, – there's just something about wild lefties who strike batters out um, mm-hmm. that makes them way too attractive for pitching coaches and totally despised by the average fan because uh, they're so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I, I – gosh, I mean – What starting pitchers was... does RJ have ranked uh, above him or – Oh, well, all of all of them. Well, yeah. OK. So. <laughs> OK. Directly above him. Uh, the ones uh, most close above him. Scott Baker at 42. Carlos Villanueva, who wants to be a starter at 41. Uh, Joe Blanton, 35. Joe Saunders, 34. Andy Pettit, 32. Um, and Jeremy Guthrie, 27. So those are the guys in his second half of uh-huh. his. And obviously not one of those guys has anywhere near the upside that Liriano has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, all of those guys could have started uh, a postseason game for the Orioles this year. And I don't think Liriano could have. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I've always kind of been a Scott Baker fan. Um, and I like Guthrie. And you just kind of trust Guthrie, uh, which... Well, Guthrie, actually, I think Guthrie is another one. We had him 27. I, th- I think Keith Law had him 26. And MLB Trade Rumors had him 48. So uh-huh. almost the exact opposite scenario. Yeah, I like Guthrie. Uh, I would I would definitely put him higher than, than 48, considerably higher. Um, just because he'll pitch some innings and maybe they'll be kind of good innings. I mean, he's, a, he's like a league, a league average pitcher for his career and eats some innings and that's valuable. Um, yeah, I think if if I were at the trade deadline, I would rather have Liriano because then you start thinking, well, who who could get hot and be an ace in the postseason? And so you, there's really kind of a an, an upside play there. If I'm signing a guy for many millions of dollars before the season, I mean, I do have an idea in mind that he's going to make 
28 to 34 starts for me. And, you know, it, 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 you know, it, it's a long season. You sign these guys because it's a long season and you just don't want to get stuck with your with the sixth or seventh or eighth guy in your depth chart because you signed Francisco Liriano or, you know, yeah. Oliver Perez or Jonathan Sanchez or, you know, any of these wild lefties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Liriano over his last couple seasons, about 300 innings, has a 5.23 ERA and has walked five guys per nine innings. Um, well, RJ actually, RJ's write-up actually kind of treats him as a reliever, and uh-huh. uh, I think that's interesting because uh, I think he will. I, 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 RJ convinced me a few months ago that he is going to have a probably going to have a, a great second act as a shutdown reliever. Uh-huh. Uh, I just doubt he's looking for a contract that reflects as such right now. Right. Yeah. But maybe he's more valuable in that role. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, maybe he is. Um, so not quite a discrep as, as big a discrepancy in numbers, but it, it sort of feels the, like a big discrepancy because of the way that kind of the free agent tiers work out. Uh, Tory Hunter, we have him at 14th. Um, somebody else, uh, I think, Keith had him at 20th and MLB trade rumors had him at 18th. Mm-hmm. And I actually was arguing that, uh, to, to RJ, uh, that Torrey Hunter should be higher. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that, um, that nobody's really looks at him as an attractive, uh, free agent. Um, and I get that you don't want to get locked into a four year deal or anything with a 37 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know to me that, that, um, there are a couple of factors here. One is that I think that everybody looks at the BABIP and says, oh, well, he's not going to hit 315 again. He's not going to be worth you know, five five or six wins again. Mm-hmm. But you don't pay for five or six wins. You're, you know, you're going to be paying him for basically two wins. Mm-hmm. And he's he in all five of his years with the Angels, he was at least that guy and, and almost always yeah, better than that guy. Yeah, we talked about that not so long ago, how consistent he'd been and how little decline he's shown. Yeah, and the aging curve I think kind of gets overhyped a little bit. I mean, you um, the aging curve is fairly reliable, but it doesn't actually speed up as much as I think people think it does. And if you're only talking about one or two years, maybe even three years, the difference between a guy who's just passed that hump, you know, a 30-year-old and a 37-year-old, is actually not that much. I mean, 30-year-olds collapse yeah i think i remember there's a a nate silver article where he says that the the biggest or the the steepest decline comes from like 32 to 34 or so and then Mm -hmm. after that it's more gradual Mm -hmm. so he's well past that um i don't know if his steep decline period is just later than the average one and he's about to hit it or something but well i mean he's certainly gonna decline it's Mm -hmm. just that I mean, I guess the 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 main thing is that I mean, Tory Hunter has been, uh, I, I guess, depending on your your metric, Tory Hunter has probably been considerably. Uh, he's been better than B.J. Upton for the last year, for the last two years, for the last three years, for the last four years, and for the last five years. And I would rather have B.J. Upton, but um, I mean, if you're talking about the deals that they're going to sign this year. Um, I just don't know that Upton belongs at number two, which is where Keith has him, and Torrey Hunter belongs at number 20, when I think that, you know, probably for the next three years, there's they're, they're just about a push. Uh, what kind of contract do you think he's looking for? Because I feel like if he were, look, I mean, if he would settle for 
I mean, I don't know that he would settle for a one-year deal, but if he would settle for a, a one- or two-year deal or something, then I could see him generating a lot of interest as a, a short-term alternative to Swisher and Upton and Hamilton and all the other outfielders who'd be looking for long-term deals. I could certainly see people going for Hunter and paying him quite a lot for for one year or two years. Um, well, he didn't He didn't get a qualifying offer from the yeah, Angels. Which, yeah, mm-hmm. So the you know the bidding starts below that, mm-hmm. uh, below thirteen million or or whatever. And so my guess is that he's probably in line to get something like maybe two and sixteen. And truthfully, I would be perfectly content to give him. That's um, a good deal, I would think. Yeah, I, I would be content to give him more than that. And at that rate, I probably would be content to give him a third year as well, uh, knowing that it you know the third year might be painful. But I think he's I think he's a better player than that. I mean, to me he's still a to me he's still a solid. Uh, you know, two to four win player mm-hmm. uh, for the next year or two, and if you're getting him for eight million or even ten million, Not that's to just mention your all problem. the intangibles and the tutoring. Not to mention all the intangibles, mm-hmm. which um, matter to some people. Yes. Uh, and so let's see. Uh, last one. Uh, we talked about this guy as well, but Stephen Drew seems to be the mm-hmm. biggest uh, mystery. Uh, besides maybe Francisco Liriano, uh, we had him 22nd, Keith had him 42nd, and I uh, totally accept the case for either of those. I think I lean toward the, the more pessimistic one, but then there's that whole positional scarcity thing too, and he's probably not going to kill you, but maybe he will. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you you wrote both sides Right in the recent in lineup, the lineup card, you wrote about why he would be a bargain and why he would be a bust. Um, and yeah, I guess it's easy to see either way. I'm, I guess I'm sort of surprised. Were you surprised that the A's didn't pick up his option? I was. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. surprised. I'm surprised by a lot of these guys who didn't get qualifying offers because I am a big. Uh, I mean, I at least I'm, I accept the idea that there's almost no such thing as a bad one-year contract kind of thing. Uh, which I think Sheehan used to say, uh, or someone used to say, mm-hmm. um, and one year, $13 million is just not that much money. It really isn't. I mean, I don't know how in the world Angel Pagan is not worth a, you know, a one year and 13 million. And he's not even going to accept it. I don't think Pagan would accept one year and $13 million. Um, so there's seems to me there's not much risk, but even if he does, I mean, he is a guy who is giving you four wins every year and right now a win is probably five or six million dollars it's it's shocks me and makes me think that i'm just wrong because i don't think all these teams are stupid but all we hear about is inflation and how teams don't want to give the long-term contracts and then you have this chance to get you know all your gambling is a one-year 13 million dollar deal it seems weird to me does it seem weird to you it seems weird to me yeah uh i i didn't check to see i don't know i predicted which players would get qualifying offers and I think I left Adam LaRoche off the list. He did get one. Um, I think I got the others, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I left I left Pagan off. I left Hunter off, I think. Uh, just because, I don't know, it would... Not that I didn't think it would be smart or, or that I thought it, they wouldn't be worth it. It just... I don't know. In Pagan's case, I guess it seemed like a big raise. Um and maybe they just wouldn't want to go that high on someone who's never been close to that high. But I, I could certainly see him getting a three-year deal for, I don't know, $10 million a year or something in that range. Um, and I 
doubt he would have accepted that. And, and yeah, if, if he had, I don't think it would have been any kind of problem to have him on a one-year deal for, for that amount. So I don't know. Maybe we maybe we are reading the market a little wrong. Maybe we were uh, jumping the gun a little bit with all the, the inflation and the TV deals stuff. But he, If you compare his last four years to Aaron Rowan's last four years before he signed with the Giants uh, by – by win above replacement models they're almost identical i mean they basically had the same four years Mm -hmm. and rowan got five years and 60 from the giants (laughs) uh Uh, so maybe you'd say that they learned he's also the same age he's he's i guess he's one year older than rowan was well maybe they're saving their money for a gigantic marco scudero contract uh (laughs) yeah maybe they are i think uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's always hard to know. Uh, all right, so that was one topic, and it still took longer than I'm comfortable <laughs> having this podcast. Let's wrap it up. Right. Episode 76 is in the bag. We'll talk to you tomorrow.